Chelsea Search. Shout out to Mario Ellie. He's coming up soon. And uh, also want to shout out all the people that uh, sent us questions um, and sent comments. Uh, yes, it, uh, you heard me correctly. I am working on a, a Hanukkah album uh, called Once Upon a Time in America on Hanukkah. Um, and that's basically because Ebro, my dear friend Ibrahim, Ebro from Hot 97 and Beats 1 and Peter Rosenberg, who has the strangest Jewish name I've ever heard, put me on blast uh, last Hanukkah for saying, you know, there's not enough Jews putting out dope uh, Hanukkah albums and Hanukkah songs. So I have taken on that challenge and I will do a dope ass incredible Hanukkah album. Thomas, how are we uh, how are we holding up over there? On We're the- good. If you want Mario, we could have Mario right now. Uh sure. Are Let's you ready start. for him? Do you need to take a break? Do you- no, I'm good. good. All no, right. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, so this guy started out as a basketball legend in New York in the five boroughs. He um he tore down Rucker before he ever went to college. He tore down he tore down Fourth Street before he ever went to the Rockets. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the five boroughs own. Mario Eli is officially in the building. Nueva York. Nueva York. You already know. You see me representing. Yo, heavy. Heavy. I'm just saying, though, it would have been dope for all the years that you coached to have a New York hat on. Like, even though you were on these other squads, just to have the New York borough attitude on the sidelines with all these other coaches. Bruh, it don't matter what team I'm on, Search. I'm representing the NY to the fullest 24 7 3 so you know how we are bro oh definitely and i i do want to ask you this question because i i remember when you came to orlando and we'll get into your i want to get into your storied history not just as a ball player but as a coach and as a human being but you and i had dinner in orlando when you were here and you made a comment to me that was so telling about the ball players today um I don't know if you remember what you said or not, but you said there's a really different attitude about the young players today and the young players from when you were coming up in 89, 90, 91. Do you remember what you said and does that ring true today? I, I sort of remember. Go ahead and remind me. No, no, no. I, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. But you had said that you felt that these guys didn't have the toughness that you guys had. Um, and it wasn't tenacity. That's not what you said. But you said it was toughness, but it was a mindset, not yeah. just from a personal, but emotional mindset that they didn't have that fight that you had. You didn't see that same fight. It was a different attitude from these young players, and it frustrated you. Um, yeah, and that was a, that's a perfect point, sir, because when we are growing up, we I got my toughness growing up in the parks of New York City, going from Brooklyn Park, Queens Park. Now, these young kids, they don't play in the park no more. They play in an indoor air-conditioned court. And and I can attest with my sons. They say, Dad, this rim don't got no nets. I said, Brother, I grew up playing in parks with no nets. The little thing, sir, that thing drove me crazy. To me, I think, then you got all these specialty coaches now for shooting, dribbling. Our coaching was on the streets in the park. That's where you got your toughness, especially on game point. No blood, no foul in New York Park. You got to go hard to the cup to win a game. Ain't no soft fouls, 
now you got guys on game point foul 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 no 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 it's 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 on toughness i just think the mindset is different the environment you know like i said you got all these specialty coaches you got everything you got aau is different than when i came up because you didn't have many aau teams in new york it was just riverside and the gauchos that's exactly for right instance, yeah for instance i'm in houston there's like 15 20 aau teams right now search so it's watered down the young fellas are not that hungry they don't like that tough hard coaching they want to be coddled so that's what i I'm, I'm saying about the mindset it's sort of different when i grew up we we're practicing twice in nba training camp it was twice a day three hours a day now nba training camp is one physical practice a day and the other practice is basically shooting so i feel that's why a lot of guys are not getting are getting hurt or not reading their full potential because when you got to prepare for nba and the nfl also who are cutting back on how they work out you're preparing for a tough long grind and you got to grind in the summer prepare to prepare for that a lot of guys ain't preparing like that like we used to back in the day and let's talk about back in the day because I, I love how you talked about riverside church and the gauchos kind of for all the people that are listening right now who not are really familiar with aau what's the difference between like a high school team and an aau team and how did you compete what was the difference i mean the aau uh ernie lloyd and lou Dalman got the best players in our great city you know they got the t the cream of the crop myself chris mullen walter berry Ed Pickney, Rod Strickland, Jamal Mashburn, all those great New York City legends and players went through those two programs. And like I mentioned now, you got so many programs in different states right now. It's sort of a little watered down. But is it you a financial now, thing? But is it like, are these kids getting like hit up for money? Because I know Riverside Church was X amount of dollars. Gaucho was X amount of dollars. It wasn't that you just had the talent. There was a there was a fee. There was a fee for uniforms. There was a fee for you know all of that. Is this now become like a financial thing more than it is a a, a talent thing? I think so because uh, you do still have your top team search, but back when we played, we weren't playing three games a day. I mean that's ridiculous for guys in AAU playing three four games a day. That that that's some foolishness right now. That's why a lot of these young guys coming in the NBA are already beat down. Because the AAU schedule, to me, is like a, a NBA schedule. I mean, I sort of – I have an AAU team down here, Mario Elite. I don't want my kids playing three games a day because it's going to wear them down. Because you go right from a high school season search, you got one or two weeks, then you right into your AAU season. To me, that's a lot of basketball for young, for young players, man. And I, th I think that's why guys are getting hurt a lot, younger guys like Zion. Zion, I saw him in Vegas when he was in high school playing in all these AAU tournaments, and then he gets hurt at Duke. Then he gets hurt in the league. And and that's accumulating up playing a lot of games, you know. And you said it, the money. These these, these tournaments want the more games they have, the more money these, these guys make in these tournaments, and it's not good for the athlete. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. For for those who don't know, this is this is really an honor for me because, you know, as a kid growing up in New York and and really, you know, again, for me, and I can share this, like I was never the best MC, but I, I competed. I was never the best basketball player, but I competed. But I loved 
the culture of music and I love the culture of basketball, but I was never really good enough, no matter how many hours I put in. So to watch you, to watch Kenny Smith, to watch Kenny Anderson, to watch Chris Mullen, to watch Pearl Washington, you know what I'm saying? To watch those guys coming up. Um, it was really an impressive time in New York City. And I don't think there's been that time. Even when you look at a Stefan Marbury, even when you look at a Lincoln High School and what they've produced, there was a period of time really in New York from like, I even want to go back to like Malik Sealy, may he rest in peace. Jason Williams. Yeah, but like Jason Williams, Malik Sealy, you know, Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, you know, there was this bulk of New York City players and there was, you know, um, all of these guys that came up, like, what was what was the special sauce that it's just, you just don't see it. Like, you don't see it anymore. And, sir, that's a great question. I always say to my friends from the city, what happened to New York basketball? Where are all the great players? And you mentioned back in the day, we were just pouring them out um, left and right. And just playing against those guys, like you said, in 55th. I tell people these stories, King Towers. You go mm. there. It's two, three thousand people in the stand. People drinking forty. Dudes gambling. The music, like you mentioned, basketball and hip hop back in the day, they bumping third base. You know, they pumping my man Search and Minister Pete on the layup line. Right. You got guys on the microphone. When you get dunked on, people running on the court. When you get when you get your shot blocked, they call it a stick. I mean, Kevin Durant when he was up there, people running on the court. That was the special thing about the city, man, back in those days. You go to a park tournament, it's two or 3,000 people in the stands. You got people hanging from the trees. It was just an amazing environment. No crime, no fighting, just enjoying good music, the ball players. My boys on the mic were just hilarious. Some of these Who are some of your favorite? Do you remember some of your favorite announcers from back in the day? Because I know Pee Wee uh, Kirkland for a minute was real funny on, on the mic, and then he stopped. But there was some other – do you remember some of the other guys? Because I know Bobito. I think my man Luke up in 55th, who was just emceeing the game, followed the players on the court. That was just a man. My boy Gumby, who was at King Towers. Yes, Gumby. I mean, giving guys nicknames, you no. Know, my nickname was the Jedi Knight. Yes. So I was privileged. When you grow up in New York and you and get a give you a nickname in the park, boy, that means you're doing a little something. Yeah. Right? I remember little- I will tell you, this to me, I was it I was at Rucker Park. I don't know the year, but I was at Rucker Park. Sean Marion was playing. And Gumby was calling the game. <laughs> and Sean and and Sean Marion was killing him. And Gumby called them the Matrix. Did he? That's where Kenny Swift got that? Yes. That's where he got it from. So Sean Marion became the Matrix. He was like, look at the Matrix. Oh, no. (laughs) He's coming down. It's like, oh, the Matrix. (laughs) And, like, the crowd was going crazy, crazy. But that's what you're right. Like, if you got a nickname. Like, my nickname was White Boy. Like, everybody I went, oh, there go White Boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, there go White Because from an MC side, like, even if they didn't know Search, if I battled you, like, on a freestyle thing, it was, oh, there go that White Boy. Oh, there go White Boy. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you had your The Jedi Knight. You, what was Kenny Smith's nickname? Do you remember? I think, I think he might have been the Jet back then. Oh, always. he was the Jet. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know. And, you know. You had a. Uh, and then you had Sweet helicopter. Pea. Yeah, Sweet Pea had helicopter. Right. You got the Terminator. Right. You got half man, half amazing. They got right. that from the parks in New York. I know they gave that to Vince Carter. Right. That started in the streets of New York. That's so. exactly right. Off that Illmatic album. I wonder who exactly, executive produced that album. Some white kid. My man. That's <laughs> one of my favorite albums, yo. So that's and that's I'm bumping these days. I bumped the old school hip hop search. And I'm going to talk to you about that, too. Okay. But I, I came to see you guys right after you won in 94. I came to Houston. Still one of my favorite stories to this day. My daughter was just born. I came to see you guys practice getting ready for the 95 season. And it was you. It was Sam. It was Kenny. You know, I knew all of y'all. Um, and Kenny went back and got me a ball that was signed to my daughter, Mayanna, from the world champs. All you signed it. Tom Janovich, Kareem, everybody. And we went to the parking lot. We were walking out. Now, again, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were walking out and Kenny and I were going to go to Houston's to go eat. You had plans. Sam had plans. And then Sam asked me to bust a freestyle. <laughs> and all of a sudden we had this cypher going on in the parking lot where you're listening. Sam is rhyming. Kenny's listening. I'm rhyming. And Sam and I are going back and forth rhyming for like half an hour. Um, I mean, was that like that? Was it like that in the in the locker room for y'all that season, those seasons? Was it like that where it was just, you know, obviously Tom Janovich was a very strict coach. He was very, like, you know, efficient with his coaching. He was very efficient with how he set plays, how he laid it down. But how wide open did it get when you guys were able to breathe in the locker room? It, it, we, we were a wild bunch. Um First of all, I want to congratulate my coach from getting into the Hall of Fame, which was a big honor. He just got inaugurated into the Hall of Fame with a great class with Kobe, Garnett, and Duncan. But that that was the that was the thing about our squad search. Rudy knew what kind of guys he was, and he sort of let us be who, who we were gonna be. I mean, you should have saw our team playing. We had a boom box blasting, guys rolling dice in the back, guys got the card game going. We just had a wild, just a great group of guys. And uh, that, and it showed on the court, man. We would hang out with each other, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, hanging out with you, seeing you bust a rhyme. You know, music was a big part of, you know how basketball music, it goes hand in hand. You know, yeah. I used to bump my Biggie, my Pac, my Gangstar, my Jigga, my Nas, my third bass. All, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly old school hip hop. You know, now, but when you got to Houston, and I, and this is, I did want to ask you this because obviously you're a New York kid, like you're a thoroughbred New York kid. So if you think about New York hip hop, it's Eric B and Rakim, Boogie Down Productions, Public Enemy, EPMD, you know, Native Tongues, you know, even before, you know, right around the time you left New York, it was, you know, DOS Effects and all that. Then you go to Houston and you got DOC, you got UGK, you got Pimp C, you got Deuce Deuce, you know. Ghetto Boys. Obviously, Scarface. Um, how did you, were you one of the first, and I'm going to just keep it a thousand right now. I'm going to keep it a thousand. Wow. A lot of New Yorkers leave New York and they're like, ah, that shit is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they walk out and regardless if you're in Houston, even if you're playing for the Rockets, you're not trying to check for no hip hop outside of New York. 
Like even in Philly, like if it, unless it was like a Philly MC, like, you know, Schoolie D, like you weren't checking for like Fresh Prince. Like, nope, you know what I'm saying? I love, and I love Will. That's my man. But you weren't checking for, I think I could beat Mike Tyson. You're listen, listening to PSK and, and Gucci time. You know what I mean? So is it when you got down there, were you like not checking for that Houston hip hop or did you just accept it? Say, yo, this is home. I'm going to accept it for everything it is. Number one, it's always New York hip hop first, Search. That's all I'm bumping in the car. I know my boy Bum B. Um, I know my boy Face Mob. Those are my boys. But it took a while for that stuff to grow on me. But I'm always strictly New York. Love my New York swag, flavor, gazelles, British walkers. That's how we grew up, fam. And that's all I that's all I know. You know, like you said, poor righteous teacher. Uh heavy D and the boys, you know what I'm saying? Hey, rest in peace. Treacherous three. I go way back to treacherous three. You know what I'm saying? T LaRock. Way back. Huh? T LaRock. T LaRock. You know what I'm saying? That real, real good, good stuff, man. So that's the stuff I was always bumping. But at the end, it, I finally sort of got around the Southern, that Southern sound. But I, I'm strictly still to this day, you know, I'm bumping that old school New York. Love the Gangstar. Love DJ Premier. You know, love Nas. You know, love Jay. You know, and love you guys. You know, third base. So I I, I brought that all the way to, to Houston, bro. <laughs> now, speaking of New York hip-hop and speaking about Premier, tonight is the big producer battle between RZA and Primo. And Primo. It's going on IG Live tonight. So... Rizza's going Rizza and Primo are going beat for beat, beat for beat. So let's think about this as if it was a playoff game. Who do you got and why? Come on, man. I'm going with Primo, man. I got really go Primo. Yeah, Primo beat is just his beats are just crazy, man. And uh that that gangstar, man. People sleep on the gangstar stuff, man. Royalty that didn't, then it. I mean, the beats were crazy. Premier and and listen to Premier on uh when he's on the hip hop award shows he's playing the crazy crazy beats and then he come up with that Nas uh the New York State of Mind beat come on man that that's that's New York to the fullest that beat that song and how Nas portrayed it on the video and that's who that's who we are. I'm strictly New York. I love RZA. You know, I love you know the Wu Tang stuff, Cream. You know, uh, but you got to remember one? also. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, brother. But but here's okay, the right. thing also. Did you, and and the new album, Family and Loyalty, the new Primo Premier Gangstar album of the unreleased stuff is incredible. So I would strongly suggest if you haven't copped that, listen to it because you might cry like real talk. Like you might cop a tear. Like it's incredible to hear Gangstar today from 2010 and them getting all of those lyrics back and Premier putting all of his tracks on that. J. Cole is on that album. Like Talib Kweli is on that album. Wow. It's incredible. So if you, you're not on it, please jump on that. But here's the thing I just want to say, because I'm a Premier guy all day. And most people don't understand that Premier was born and raised in Dallas and Houston. He's a yeah, Texas he's kid. Texas. And then he went yeah. to Boston where he met Guru. And then they came to live in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. However... As much as I love Primo, and I do love Primo, let's not get it twisted in any way, shape, or form. If you look at the catalog of RZA tracks, not just Wu-Tang, so not just 
36 chambers, not just cream, not just protect your neck. But then you go to M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Then you go to You're All I Need with Marion and Meth. Then you go to the whole Purple Tape with Raekwon. Then you go to Supreme Clientele with Ghostface. Then you go to the second Wu album. I mean, then you go to Grave... Um, oh, what's, uh, I was just thinking of that other thing with uh, Prince Paul that he did Grave... What is it, Pumice? Grave... Grave diggers. So then you got grave diggers. Like, yo, this beat is going, this, this battle is going, to me, this battle is Houston, Chicago, 94. Like, to me, this is Houston, Chicago. Like, this is the best of the best. Come, like, bam! Like, like this is like a car wreck. And see who survives. Well, I want to thank, um, I want to thank you, Mario. I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show, man. Good looking. I think we lost him. We did. Yeah. We did lose him. And that's a cliffhanger. We have a cliffhanger. <laughs> Mario, we lost you, brother. All right. Anyway, that's a cliffhanger. So we'll ask, we'll ask the sports fans of the show, female and male, do you think we should have another season? Or should we let it go and just start the, the new season later uh, in the year? Um, I don't, I don't know, me personally. I think that he's right. I think Mario's insight was great. Um, you know, he's one of the few people that has gotten a – he's gotten rings as a player. He got a ring as a coach twice, uh, both with the, uh, both with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. A really good dude. 